Hello and welcome to Southport Salvation Army, a church where everyone matters. We're all on a journey. And change really happens. We hope you're having a great day. No matter what's happening in the world, wherever you are, whether it's in the West Wing of the White House, whether it's in the comings and goings at number 10 Downing Street, or whether it's much closer to home in your own life, we can be sure that God hasn't abdicated. He is still king. He's still on the throne. And we can still trust him through the ups and downs of life. 
We shared in a lovely time of remembrance last Sunday. We hope that this week you have tried not only to be peacemakers, but also makers of lasting peace. And now this week, our thoughts are turning slowly but surely to the season of Advent, which is just two weeks away. Can you believe it? There's a line in a well-known Christmas carol that goes like this. Yet in thy dark street shineth the everlasting light. And as the light of the message of Christmas begins to appear over the horizon, I'm going to be turning to the Old Testament to explore why the light of Christ's coming is so significant in a dark world. Our opening music uh, today came courtesy of the Southern Youth Chorus, and it included these words. Shine down your light on me. Let the people see that in your presence darkness flees. Father of light, shine down on me. So let's make it personal today and let's ask God to shine his light into the dark places in our lives, in our relationships and our communities. In a little while, Sheila is going to be sharing with us some information about the persecuted church. And if you're a Christian, you might just realise how easy we've got it in this country. And hopefully you'll feel compelled to pray for our brothers and sisters who really know what it means to suffer for their faith. To end that time of prayer, Abby is going to bring us a beautiful, simple song that reminds us that we are never alone. We've got some excellent news for you today. Our kids' choir is back on our screens. Well, six of them were able to meet and record in person before lockdown, and we've also added in two more virtually. We also have a simple reminder from our band that Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And we end our meeting as we began with the good news of the gospel the good news that the light has come. But now let's continue our time of worship by singing together, Great is the darkness. Come, Lord Jesus. Welcome to our church gathering.
Hello, and it's great to see you all sharing with us, whether it be on Facebook or on YouTube, but also for those that are watch us later on in the week or read our message on a, a paper copy. Uh, it's just great to, to know that people are still able to, to join with us and share in whatever form they can for our Sunday worship. And there's just a, a few announcements that I'd like to share with you before we continue. As Alison and Michael said, Christmas is fast approaching. Um, this week, it's been a very busy week. We've actually been able to, to donate to, to different people over £400 worth of goods, of food, of fuel grants, of clothing. And I'd just ask you to pray for, for the opportunity and ministry that we have as a church to support our local community, our local, local friends and family around this area, allowing us to just share something of the love of Jesus with the people that maybe just so desperately need our help at this time. But also, I'd ask you to pray for the opportunity that it presents, the opportunity to sit and have a drink with them, to talk to them and maybe start to understand a little bit more of their story, but also share a little bit of the love of Jesus. Our silent auction fundraiser, it's going well. There's bids coming in left, right and centre. Have a look on Facebook in the Outlook for, for what's there. And please put in your bid just to allow us to, to continue to support our local community and raise funds for that. Julie's are making fudge. So if you'd like fudge, it's £2 a bag. Please email in, let us know on Facebook, contact Julie Director and put your order in for that. And again is to allow us to continue our work in the community. Prayer in a bauble. Claire, who works on our reception at the moment, is on furlough, but she's making these Christmas baubles with a message, with names on. If you'd like to, to order one, please again email, Facebook us and let us know. They're going to be £5 per bauble, but please support us and help us to, to decorate our tree with those this year. Christmas cards, it's, everything is all so different to, to what it normally is. Why don't you send in a card to the church, to our family here, with your message? We can then display that on Facebook, in the Outlook magazine, maybe do a montage of, of all the cards and messages that have come in. And that way we can make sure that everyone gets to share and feel part of the, the, the spirit of Christmas and receiving the cards and messages that go with them. Please read the Outlook. There's lots more information in there um, so that they will know what, what is happening, what's going on in our church. But also, there's a list of people that need our prayers. I've got a few additional names. But please, I'd ask you to remember the following people. There's Colin Lightfoot, John Farrington, Brenda Hunter, Jean Schindler, Kath L and the family. There's Bill Taylor to remember, Pawnee McKinnon and her family to remember, David Hayes, Pat Jackson, and Dorothy, Dorothy and Phil. There's a, there's a big list of people that need our prayer. So please uphold them this coming week and just support them and bring them to the Lord as you go about your daily devotions. And a little bit later in our meeting, you'll be hearing a bit more about the other people that need our prayers as well at this time. It's good news, though, that Paul Rita Watkins is now out of hospital. Please remember her, though, in your prayers at this time. And also, if you know of anybody else that I need to mention, please let us know so that it can go into the Outlook magazine and also I can mention it on a Sunday morning so everyone is aware. And now, as we move on in our worship today, I'm going to hand back to Alison and she's going to lead us through our next stage of worship today.
Thank you for listening. Well, it's really lovely to be able to welcome Sheila into, um, into our time of worship this morning. We haven't been able to have people, obviously, as a congregation, um, but we are still able to deliver live uh, from our building. And we have asked Sheila to come in today because it is the day of prayer for the persecuted church. And Sheila's just going to tell us a little bit about why it's so important that we uphold our brothers and sisters around the world who are persecuted because of their faith. So welcome, Sheila. It's really lovely to have you with us. Over to you. Thank you. Um, well, as you've just heard, um, the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church, and I know that many of you are familiar with this. Um, it's a day when we lift up in prayer all our Christian brothers and sisters from around the world, where being a Christian is costly, even sometimes to the point of death. Many of you are familiar with our practice of praying for specific Christian groups, um, which are highlighted under normal circumstances on the back of Powerhouse, um, but more recently um, in Outlook. Again, under normal circumstances, we would be serving homemade uh, cakes with our coffee and tea after the service, and I would be asking you to um, dig into your pockets um, and consider um, giving a donation to these uh, good causes. Um, so even though we can't serve the coffee with the cakes this morning, I am um, still asking you that if you feel led and are able, uh, would you consider sending in a donation for um, Open Doors and for Christian Solidarity worldwide? Um, it doesn't matter whether it's a small amount or a big amount, everything would be gratefully received. And you could send it or take it into the hall um, during the hours of 11 and 2. Um, thank you for, for your consideration on this. Now we're going to see a short video message from Henrietta Blythe, who's the CEO of Christian Solidarity Worldwide. This year, you have stood with us and our persecuted church family through thick and thin. We are so grateful and so are they. They pray for us as we pray for them, and that brings huge strength to us all. I asked my team at Open Doors this week to pray and think about how we should be encouraging each other and our supporters through this time. We think the Lord is telling us all to keep going and to press into him. Etty, Ratna and Rebecca are three sisters who were imprisoned in Indonesia because they were Sunday school teachers. When they arrived at the prison, they discovered it was notorious for terrorists and hardened criminals. The walls were covered with excrement. But Rebecca heard the Lord speaking to her and telling them to serve the other prisoners. And so they cleaned the walls. They started to cook for the other inmates. They discipled people. They gave them medical support. When they were released, only halfway through their sentence, the other prisoners wept as they left. And Etty, Ratna and Rebecca went back the following week 
to continue to disciple those who had come to faith. God wants us to be salt and light. Salt and light is only needed in times and places that are dark, broken and tasteless. And lockdown for many of us is just like that. So we need to keep going. And in order to do that, we need to press into Jesus. I think of Hei Wu, who told me that when she was in an internment camp in North Korea, she heard the Lord telling her to go out and praise during a ferocious thunderstorm because she could praise at the top of her lungs and nobody would hear her. Praise is the perfect antidote to despair. Three other brothers who were imprisoned in a country where Christians experienced more severe persecution were allowed an occasional phone call home. Instead of asking for the family news they were so desperate for, they asked their wives to read the Bible to them over the phone. They took notes and then they shared the notes with each other. When they left the prison, they left those notes behind to sustain the other inmates. The word of God is living and active. It is the perfect antidote to the constant drip of despair and fear we're getting from the media. And of course, prayer is another amazing tool we have, which brings us into the presence of God and reassures us that he is with us and he loves us. And that is the perfect antidote to our fears. So let's keep going and let's press into Jesus. May God bless you and protect you and your families. May he give you the courage to keep going as you press into him to be salt and light in your communities and families. In Jesus' name, Amen. Following receiving that video, um, I also received an email from Open Doors, and this is what it said. 2020 has been a year like no other, with so many aspects of daily life affected by the COVID-19 pandemic, not least our participation in church. With lockdowns happening across the globe, many of us will have faced restrictions on worship for the first time in our lives. But it's sobering to realise that many around the world have never enjoyed these same freedoms than until a few months ago we took so much for granted. As we mark this International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church today, will you join us in praying for Christians around the world who are prevented from practising their faith, not only in part for a short time, and for their own safety and well-being, but completely and indefinitely in order to curtail their God-given freedoms. Theirs is the real lockdown. Shall we pray?
Loving Lord Jesus, we pray for our Christian brothers and sisters around the world who are denied that freedom to worship you, denied the freedom to pray together, to sing hymns of adoration, to meditate on your life-giving word. We pray for these members of our church who you love no matter what and who love you, who sacrifice their jobs, their homes, their freedom, their lives to follow and to serve you. Lord Jesus, we pray for all our suffering brothers and sisters today, that you would protect them, that you would fill them with your strength, your hope and your love this day, and that one day soon their real lockdown would come to an end and that they would be able to declare with boldness and conviction, we have fought the good fight and have kept the faith. Amen.
Thank you to Sheila for that really important reminder. We must not forget our brothers and sisters who face persecution daily because they stand up for the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel. Let's never forget how easy we have it and let's not take our rights and privileges for granted. I just want to share some of the words that Abby was singing there in case you didn't uh, pick them up. This is what she was singing, beautifully sung. When I walk through deep waters, I know that you will be with me. When I'm standing in the fire, I will not be overcome. Through the valley of the shadow, I will not fear. In the midst of deep sorrow, I see your light is breaking through. The dark of the night will not overtake me. I am pressing into you. I am not alone. I am not alone. You go before me. You will never leave me. You're my strength. You're my defender. You're my refuge in the storm. Through these trials, you've always been faithful. You bring healing to my soul. We praise God for our brothers and sisters who are faithful to God in the storm, and we thank God that he's faithful to them and that he will carry them through to the other side. Now, Alison. Yes. It's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas, <laughs> or at least it is in our household. I've, actually, I've noticed a lot around the streets where we live. A lot of people are getting Christmassy early this year. I think it's an antidote to everything else that's going on. And a lot of people have got Christmas lights outside the houses. Uh, and also, I've seen one or two Christmas trees going up, as lo- along with other Christmas decorations, inside of the houses. And of course, Matt's already said that we're going to be celebrating Christmas uh, here at Southport Salvation Army. Our girls have got trees up in their rooms. So we're getting in the spirit, and Matt's talked about what we're doing. But what about the, the Christmas toy appeal? Traditionally here at Southport Salvation Army, we've, we've done a Christmas toy appeal. I'm assuming that because of COVID-19, that's not going ahead this year. Uh, oh, yes, it is. It really is going ahead. Good. Um, if anything, this year we are going to need, um, need this more, more than ever. Brilliant. So it's going ahead. Yes. This is the news. The toy appeal is on. It's live and kicking. And uh, tell us more, Alison, how's it going to work this year? Okay, well, it's uh, obviously a little bit different. We can't just have people coming in um, and, and doing things quite as we used to. Uh, but we have a process in place. We fortunately have a brilliant bubble of Cheryl and Anne, and they are our, our chief elves, if you like, up in the upper room, and they're sorting all the presents and things as they come in. We already have um, lots of businesses, and most of the major supermarkets around town supporting us being collecting stations for toys and gifts coming in. Um, and we are also open here Monday to Friday between 11 and 3, uh, for people to drop off gifts. Okay, so we're, it's all go. It's all go. We know how it's going to work. Sort of. So we do. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So what can somebody's watching now? They're thinking, okay, it's happening. I understand the process internally. We've got our elves. We've got our bubble. What can I do to make a difference and get involved this year? Okay. Well, what we need is new unwrapped gifts. Um, And as I say, this year we are really anticipating lots of people who are really going to benefit from having just a little pile of gifts for their children at Christmas. Even this week, we've had people coming in to our hall 
uh, trying to say, do I put the heating on to heat the flat or do I put food on the table? And so Christmas presents are a long way off uh, their radar. So we really need uh, people to be uh, donating gifts. What we do for each child that is referred to us, so um, around town we've got referral agencies, lots of these are schools, lots of these are um, agencies and charities that work with families and children. Uh, so each child on Christmas Day will receive a, a main present. So here's an example. So Lego or a tea set, uh, for example. So they'll receive a main present. And then they'll receive um, uh, a book. So we try to give each child a book. We've got Be a Unicorn and Live Life on the Bright Side. Or The Factory Made Boy, just for example. So uh, gifts of books are really, really helpful as well. We try to give certainly the younger children um, a colouring book um, and some pens or pencils as well. And we also, because we get lots of little presents as well, we put together um, some stocking filler kind of gifts as well. So these are all sorts of things um, that, that if you are able to, to, to buy and to donate for a child. Um, also... Wrapping paper, wrapping paper and sellotape are really great because once all the toys come in, um, our elves will be upstairs wrapping presents um, and then we'll be able to send them all out. But we are having to quarantine everything as it comes in, so the process is a little bit different. So um, can I ask a question? Yes. Somebody says, I bought this lovely present, I want to go the extra mile and wrap it. Is that a good thing? Uh, no. <laughs> it's, it's, really it's a really, really lovely gesture, um, but because we need to make sure we have a, a, fair, a balance of gifts, and so we need to know whether it's a main present or a less main present, if that makes any sense, but also because um, we need to try and match gifts to, to the children, and so it's just useful to actually see what, what the gift is. We also um, put in where it's a family... Um, a family game, so they've got a game to play. Uh, I don't... Monopoly. Who, who still plays Monopoly? I'm sure that causes more arguments. <laughs> it certainly does in our house. But we try and put in a family game as well, so they've got something to play or do on Christmas Day. Brilliant. So it's all going ahead. We've got a great process in place with our elves. This is how you can get involved. This Christmas, why don't you partner with us? Just do something, even the smallest gift will make an enormous difference. Imagine the smile on that child's face on Christmas Day when they have something to open and it makes their Christmas. Thank you Absolutely. for sharing with us this year in that way. So what's happening next? Can we remember? No, we can't. Let's it's have a look. It's the kids' choir. It's the kids' choir. The kids' <laughs> choir are going to... Uh, no, it's not. We're going to look at life in lockdown, I believe. Is that right? Yes, <laughs> it is. We know what we're doing, really. We're going to look at life in lockdown. What's been going on in the lives of friends of Southport Salvation Army in this past week or so? And then we're going to have that very special thing that you've been looking forward to in particular, the kids' choir. <laughs>
reading comes from the Old Testament and it's Micah chapter 5 verses 1 to 5 and it's entitled A Promised Ruler from Bethlehem. Marshal your troops now, city of troops, for a siege is laid against us. They will strike Israel's ruler on the cheek with a rod. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Therefore Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labour bears a son, and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. And he will be our peace when the Assyrians invade our land and march through our fortresses. And our New Testament reading is taken from John. It's John chapter 16, verses 16 to 22. Jesus went on to say, In a little while you will see me no more. And then, after a little while, you will see me. At this, some of his disciples said to one another, what does he mean by saying, in a little while, 
you will see me no more. And then, after a little while, you will see me. And because I am going to the Father, they kept asking, what does it, he mean by a little while? We don't understand what he's saying. Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this. So he said to them, are you asking what and, what, and one another what I meant when I said, in a little while, you will see me no more. And then after a little while, you will see me. Very truly, I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. Amen. Thank you to Sheila for sharing our Bible readings this morning. Well, today I have some bad news and some good news. The bad news, I spilled my coffee on my computer keyboard. The good news is, it's all under control. Oh, there's more. Bad news, my obese parrot died yesterday. However, the good news is that it's a lot of weight off my shoulders. I know, but Christmas is coming and Keith is in need of some more jokes. So they're for you, Keith. Talking of Christmas, here in our church building, the Christmas tree is up in the entranceway and we will soon be adding your prayer baubles to it. In two Sundays' time, the season of Advent begins. And this year, and what a year it's been, is edging to a close. If ever we've needed Christmas to come, it's this year. But we have uh, this week and next week to go before Advent, and over these two weeks, we are turning our attention to the Old Testament prophecies concerning the coming of Jesus. And as we explore some of these prophecies, we will see why we need Christmas we will be reminded of what Christmas for Christians represents. And so today we turn to the book of Micah, one of the minor prophets of the Old Testament. Not minor because he is young, little or insignificant, but minor because of the length of the book. It is just seven chapters long compared to the major prophets of Isaiah and Jeremiah, which have 66 and 52 chapters respectively. Now the book of Micah is a bit of a seesaw of bad news and good news. A bit like those terrible bad news, good news jokes I told you just a moment ago. Micah alternates between the two throughout the seven chapters. Let me just give you a really brief overview of the book of Micah. The prophet Micah is addressing the people of Israel and he has some stern words for a nation whose leaders have become corrupt greedy and depriving the poor of land and hope. The ballpark timeline for this is around 700 BC, during the time of the Assyrian Empire. 
Consequently, because of the leadership and what's happening in this land, God is not impressed. And he has removed his protection and will allow their enemies to invade. The consequences of sin and years and years of rebelling against God are always serious. God has given the people, kings and people of Israel, many opportunities to turn back to him. But they don't. And northern Israel and Jerusalem are facing an imminent attack from the Assyrians, known for their brutality and strength. And if the Assyrians were bad, the Babylonians, who would invade about 100 years later, were worse, leading many, many Israelites into years of exile. Micah's and many of the prophets is not comfortable reading, and it's not exactly cheery news. Their world is in darkness and chaos, brought about by their own actions, by their willful pride, their arrogance and selfishness, brought about by repeatedly turning away from God. And God is essentially saying, you've chosen this path, you're going to have to reap the consequences. In other words, you've made your bed and now you're going to need to lie in it. And that is the reality of sin. That's the context of Micah. That was the reality for the people of Israel. And frankly, I think that's the reality for our world, maybe our nation today. I don't think I'm going to be too controversial by saying that this world is in a bit of chaos. And it can be a pretty dark place. It's not that we're all completely to blame, but it's the result of generations of humankind determined to do life without God. This week, we have had mothers coming to us asking for help to buy their baby's milk or to give them warm clothing because they can't afford the fuel bill. We've had a dad pleading for us for a cot so he can just take his baby home. We've had families, individuals, couples needing food parcels. A mum came in saying, don't worry about me, but please give my child something to eat this week. There are people in need of just things like basic furniture, a bed, a chair, something just to sit on. Unemployment, hitting our young people the hardest, is increasing. Businesses seem to be closing almost daily around us, and we heard earlier from Sheila about the persecution of Christians around the world. It sometimes feels like there was just a long list of bad news. But we're not going to leave it there. We're going to pause just for a moment and listen to the band. But when I come back, I've got some pretty good news to share with you.
I left you just a moment ago with a long list of bad news, but that's definitely not where we're going to stop. The message of Micah is actually one of substantial hope. As tough and bad as the current situation is, these sufferings will not be endless or meaningless. Something better, something new awaits. Micah is, as I said, a book of contrasts. In the words of Micah 5, verse 3, it says, Therefore Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor gives birth. Now, birthing pains are used a number of times in the Bible as an illustration of the hardship of the present, but the joy of the future. Jeremiah uses this illustration numerous times, Jeremiah 4, 31, 6, chapter 13, 22, 49, and so on. Lots of, lots of examples. And Jesus himself uses the same experience, the same illustration, when he is encouraging his disciples just prior to his departure from this earth. John 16, 20 to 22 says, You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come, but when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you. Now is your time of grief, but I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. Micah is using the same image. He's telling the people of Israel that at the moment that there's going to be pain, there's hardship, there's suffering. But here's the good news. And you'll recognize these words, this time by the prophet Isaiah, who writes at a similar time as Micah. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Isaiah also warned the nation of Israel that the Assyrians were going to attack and metaphorically plunge the nation into darkness. But the light is promised. The light will come, and this is the good news, the best news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Isaiah talks about the light. Micah talks about Jesus as the peace. God's character is such that he will not, he cannot, his nature defies it. He simply won't leave his people in darkness. As much as God can't bear sin, and, and sin has to have its consequences, God's nature is one of mercy, of love and light. There was always, and there still is, a rescue plan. What does Micah 5 say? Verse 2 and verse 4. But you, Bethlehem, though you are small, out of you will come one who will be ruler over Israel. Not a corrupt human king, not a brutal Assyrian or bloodthirsty Babylonian king, but what does it say? Micah says, one who will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth, and he will be 
their peace. Couldn't we do with some peace right now? Battles of all sorts face us. They may not be in the form of an Assyrian army, but they will be emotional, mental, spiritual, financial. But we have a ruler, a king, who stands and shepherds his flock in the strength of the Lord and not only brings peace, but is peace. He will be our peace. He will be our shepherd. He will be our strength. And his name is Jesus. You know, there's so much to unpack in just these few verses of Micah. For those of you who receive Outlook, our weekly newsletter, I have added some further study questions for you to reflect on this week. If you don't receive Outlook and would like to, just drop us a message and I'll add you to our mailing list. For now, though, I just want to conclude by applying these words from Micah to our lives here and now in 2020. The Israelites were struggling and crying out, but they weren't crying out to God. They don't turn to their true Lord and King. They were still trying to rely on their own devices and their own rituals and false gods. And I think we can sometimes fall into that same trap. I don't know what battles you might be facing right now or what darkness surrounds you. But I wonder how you are facing these challenges. Who or, or what are you turning to? A quote flashed up on my phone on Thursday this week just as I was preparing this message that read, Your Father God cares about your daily everythings that concern you. Our Father God cares about our daily everythings that concern you. The problem is, if we try to control the future through our own wisdom, there's no room for God to demonstrate his power, accomplish his plans, or demonstrate his glory, something he longs to do in our lives. This morning, I encourage you to bring your concerns to your Heavenly Father. Cry out to him. Allow him to be your peace, to know that he has got this. He's got you. The light after the darkness is here. This morning, today, what might that peace in the storm or the light in the darkness look like in your life? As the church, as God's hands and feet in this world, we are the reflected light of Christ and bringers of his peace. And maybe there is somebody today that just needs to hear, you are not alone. Whatever situation you are in today, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, there are people ready to support you, to share the good news, the good news of Jesus. It might be practical assistance. It might be a shoulder to cry on. It may be someone to pray with. It may be that life for you just doesn't feel like it's going anywhere and that there's no point carrying on. Maybe your relationship with God is just ground to a bit of a halt. 
Where in the turmoil can you find the peace of God? Please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to support you. There is hope. There is peace. There is Jesus. My prayer for each of us is that we pray, God, you are in control of my life. Whatever battles I face, may I face them with you. Help me to surrender to your power, to your plans, and to your glory. Thank you that we have hope. We have Jesus. May we cling to him in these days, knowing that one day we will see him face to face, and there will be no more pain, and there will be no more sadness, and our joy will not be taken away. And may the peace of God which transcends all understanding, guard our hearts and minds. In Christ Jesus, I pray. Amen. Beautiful words written by Chick Yule and played by Joel Collier. Heavenly Father, today, will you give us 
ears to hear your word to us? Will you give us a heart that receives the light of your love? And will you give us the willingness to share the light of your love to those around who live in darkness? Because the light has come. The light will come. This Christmas, may we know that to be the case. It's been really lovely to be with you today again. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you have a great week. And we simply want to say thank you for sharing. Goodbye. God bless you. And see you this time next week. Goodbye. Send us out in the power of the Spirit To shine your light in the way we live Send us out in the power of your Spirit As we've received, may we freely give Send us out, send us out Send us out for your